Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Piper's Dojo Audio Experience. Today, I'm sitting down with Pat Sweet, who is a famous pipe major from the Albany, New York area. Uh, He's been pipe major of the CRC pipe band for a long time, and we talk about some exciting things that are going on with that band, and we get into a lot of Albany, New York pipe band uh, challenges and details, and I think it's an interesting podcast, and Pat's certainly a really interesting guy, so uh, sit back, relax, and just enjoy a nice conversation that we had, and this podcast is brought to you by Dojo University and all of our membership offerings, so please do check that out. Become part of our community. We would love to have you, Um, and for now, I'll let you enjoy this interview, and we'll see you on the next one. Okay, we're recording. Do you really have a list of stuff you want to talk about? No, I don't. Oh, I, I uh, you know, I was, I've been listening to some of your other ones. And, uh, okay, let's start with that. What do eager, you think? Eager anticipation of coming on. You know, it's, it's nice to be the first non professional musician on, on your long form podcast, I think. I don't think Joe Brady's a professional no? musician. I, I was, I was wondering. I, I didn't he know. He seems, he seems professional. Mm. No, it's nice. It's nice. I, you know, I think, uh, fundamentally what, so what I, what I think or what I'm thinking as I listen to these things is, um, you talk a lot about, you could just stop there. I talk a lot. You do talk a lot, but you talk a lot about, um, you know, kind of very, in my opinion, you know, high level world-class First piping, world problems, piping and drumming problems and issues, and that and that's good. I mean, that's for so for most of us, that's something we will never get the chance to experience, and uh, to hear about it is is always interesting. I think. Why won't you get a chance to experience it? Uh, I, I mean, I think realistically, Andrew, it's it's for many of us playing at that level is not in the realm of possibility right i mean let's not it's like uh you know we're not i'm not going to play shortstop for the new york yankees either and nor yeah but isn't that a good isn't that a good example though where you can play shortstop for suny albany and have a pretty great experience as a collegiate athlete even though you're never going to be Derek jeter right yeah, no, I, I, I think that I think I think one of the reasons that it, sometimes this stuff seems kind of out of touch for people is because I'm just trying to get my mic in a place that makes me happy. Okay, maybe that makes me happy, but I think like it's just I think outside of grade one pipe bands, I'm just trying to check my <clears throat> statement I'm about to make to see if it's true. But it's like outside of grade one pipe bands. In Scotland, everything else we do is just has such a high degree of bush league to it. You know what I mean? Even professional piping in the US PBA, like I can't tell you how many times we're in like a puddle at 815 in the morning trying to present a Peabrock that we've spent like a year trying to prepare. I I think bush league is is a relative uh word to use as it relates to 
you know, what you feel is Bush League is, is probably not what someone like myself, myself feels is Bush League. And I mean, <clears throat> you still wouldn't want to play a P-Brock at 8.15 in the morning in a puddle. Yeah, no. That, it doesn't I, matter I, what I grade you're I don't at. disagree. I don't disagree. And so... Where was I going with this? I think when I listened to your, when I listened to the first, I don't know, how many have you done now? Four or five? I've probably this listened is my to, fifth one. I've probably listened to three out of the five, I think. I think I listened to Blair and, and parts of Glenn and Joe Brady, I think. And, and then so, Andrew Donlin. Dude, yeah, I haven't heard that one yet, but. Um, yeah, you're not missing much. It's just Donlin. So, you know. I'm I, just kidding. <laughs> I like him. He's a good guy. Um, I, I think, you know, if you ask me what, what I would be curious about talking to you about, I, I would say, you know, like the local piping scene, the Northeast piping scene, um, things of that nature that are interesting to a lot of folks, but, uh, don't necessarily get much airtime. All right. Give me a topic then. Northeast piping scene. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, one of the things I was thinking about would be a good discussion is, you know, the, not even the Northeast, right? The, the Albany area. Um, and just kind of by way of, you know, my experience, there have been, there are what in this area, would you say, a dozen bands, 10 bands? Um, I feel like the number is low right now. But, so, but I just feel that way. It might not actually be true. So, yeah. So let's say anywhere, let's say over the last 10 years, there's been anywhere between 8 and 12 active pipe bands in the Albany area. You mean competing bands? No. Just I, active I mean bands? active bands. Okay. Maybe, maybe the number is a little higher when you consider bands that we don't see much um, because they're not competing. But, um, you know, one of the questions, and we've talked about this informally a lot of times is you know why why has this area not been able to produce a organization that is you know capable of of competing with the best in the world and you know it's to me a lot of it comes down to a couple of things um but but one is really kind of the territorial nature that we have in, in pipe bands and, and our inability to, to work together. Yeah. So the first thing I would say is, um, or and more was an internationally competitive band, right? They were. Yeah. First, first certain. I mean, as reaching for a, high for, levels and, for a and, few moments, for a few moments, it, it was on par with, uh, Ontario bands. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Uh, I, I feel as though I, there were several results <clears throat> where you finished above Ontario bands. Yep. Right? Every now and then, yeah. every now and then it happened. It, yeah. And I think that, uh, I, I think he, I think it was brief and I think it was kind of, um, it was like a short lived thing for a variety of reasons that I think are related to what you're talking about. But I don't know. I, I just think we haven't really, we haven't really, achieved critical mass at any given point. See, I, I think critical mass. So, and, and what I mean by that is critical mass of people willing to work together. Yeah, right? no, exactly. Like exactly. That, I mean, at one time CRC, which we're now both involved in, 
But at one time that was like a big thing with a couple bands, lots of momentum, but like definitively not going to be associated with, let's say, for example, a Schenectady pipe band and not associated with Oren Moore. And why, why was that? I'm not sure why. Why was that? But, but this I mean, is... those, these are all bands that had a quite a bit. Oh, and then there was Scotia Glenville program, of course, who yeah. as much as it was affiliated with Oren Moore, it was, it was not a carte, carte blanche type of affiliation, right? Yeah. It, 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 so we had these big programs in the area and I'm probably missing, I'm probably missing other programs. Am I missing any other programs? No, not, maybe not. I don't know. No, as far as size... Those are probably the big ones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, CRC at at, at its heyday had a grade five, a grade four, a grade three, and several folks that were just along for, you know, parades and events, and um, 40 pipers and, you know, a dozen side drummers, and just uh, sustainability and an unwillingness to... You know, I, I think from... The CRC standpoint, two things, right? Never successfully implementing any sort of developmental program. So the model of hoping that players would show up and that existing players wouldn't leave is not one that works. It worked, it worked briefly for CRC. This is just an outsider's view. But it worked briefly when when you guys were involved in the bingo and had lots of money and like being in the band was kind of cushy. Is that a fair statement? I don't know. I'm just uh, it, speaking it, off the cuff. So it's 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 not entirely fair, right? I mean, it, it worked to an extent. It did not, you know, the ability to maintain a constant kind of entry level competition band would ebb and flow even in even in even plush with cash and and you know just having enough focus and ability to maintain that what was difficult without new students right mm-hmm. there, there's you know there's there's only people want people wanted to advance and, and so you would constantly have folks wanting to get to grade four to grade three and no real backfill for grade five and so um, you know, lack, lack of any sort of developmental program and in my opinion, lack of, you know, we had, we had some, we have some great leadership in CRC and, and I, I will exclude myself from the conversation, but lack of kind of a drive and a dedication and someone with, you know, we, we would, we would have good players that go to play with other bands. And, and the thing about this area that I've noticed is like, you know, like y- you left the area, there's other experienced players that have left the area. Rarely does someone kind of come back and get something going in this area. And I think that's been kind of a, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not uh, at all trying to paint the leaders of the, the local pipe bands in any way negatively but oh don't worry we don't they'll do that for you there hasn't been i mean if you think about it there hasn't been a leader in this area that for example has you know played in the world at the highest level right that's come back and and working working or leading a pipe band in this area 
I can so, I can think of one that comes to mind. Until recently. Uh-huh. <laughs> until recently, right? And so um you know, in the same you know, I know you and I both tend I can to think, think of one that comes to mind, but he got buried, you know. <clears throat> You'll have to write down the name if you don't want to say it cuz I'm I'm, I'm I was, I was I'm referring to myself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He got um, he got chewed up and spit out. Well, you know, so I, I think again to a degree and to a here, here's I'm here. I'm I'm half kidding and half not kidding. The just uh, for the for those the, who are rolling their eyes out there in the world. The, my reality of 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 uh, my experience with Andrew Douglas is that, um, you know, when as we were talking, you know, ten or fifteen years ago when CRC was. Uh, you know, thriving might not be the right word, but definitely. Um, I would say you guys are thriving. Significantly sized ranks, and Oren Moore, active at the time, was you know, all Andrew wants to do is is you know take our best players, and why would we ever want to talk to him about working together? And fifteen just, years ago, that can't be right. Ten years ago, ten years ago, I, I came back ten years ago. Okay, so uh, yeah, whenever the time frame was, so so here. So this goes I, back to the point we made before. I think I've talked about that in previous podcasts. An about, unwillingness to even engage. You know, we had a grade one band in this area. We had a great, you know, a, a significantly sized and staffed grade three, four, five organization. And I don't, I don't think we ever sat down and had a beer and, and even really kind of talked about what could we do to work together and, and to make both organizations better, you know? And, and so that's, that's the unfortunate part that I'm, you know, part of the, you know, and I've, I've never sat down with any, you know, Schenectady pipe band or, um, you know, any band. In well, there, how would that really. conversation go? Yeah, no, I, I it's challenge. I, look, I mean, CRC was formed doing just that, right. With the, the Terra Hall band from, from Troy and, and Columbian District Band, and um, it was not easy to do, um, but it is possible. I think that's where I'm going with critical mass, though, and and I don't mean critical mass I, I, of like people in bands necessarily, but just like a critical mass, like a size of community that can support that. Because there's no, there's only one way those conversations go. Like, do you want to give me everything I want? No. Do you want to give me everything I want? No. Okay. Well, we we're we're best off just continuing to do our own thing. Yeah, and I I think we're also. Um, so so where I'm going with that is, there are some communities that are so large that it's actually like possible for uh, a grade one band to live. What's the word? Symbiotically or something? Yeah. To live symbiotically with a grade two band or a grade three band, but we're, we're, our community is not that kind. And that results in like, you know, so from the grade one perspective that results in poaching from the grade three perspective that results in, you know, the best players quote unquote being poached. Wow. And it's not, but it's not like, but it's not like, um, it's not an ecosystem that's big enough to be able to support that. Yeah. Um, whereas like, and, so, so, and then let's take an, a different community, for example, like, uh, 
Scotland is obviously the example of having the most mass, right? So if you don't make, if you don't make, uh, let's say you leave your home band to play in Inverary and then you play in Inverary for a couple of years, but then you're no longer good enough to make the band. There are a whole bunch of other bands you could go to, or you could go back to your old band. Yeah. But like life, life goes on. And then meanwhile, a grade two band that loses a player to a top band, there's a whole bunch of developing players in the ecosystem. So you're not left in a totally tight spot, totally vulnerable. So, so it's not something that you lose, lose sleep over. And I'm sure there's bad feelings, but not to the degree that we have here where for, you know, if Sean Moran left CRC to play with a top band, that would put us in an extremely tight spot. And God forbid any of the drummers yeah. went to a better band. And that would, that would like literally kill any efforts we had to go out on the field, right? It would. It would. But that's, I think that's what it is. Though. That's critical mass. It's like we're pared down. Everybody is as small as small can be. Yeah. And, and so when you say critical mass, I mean, we'll, we'll never have kind of the, the population density of, of interested musicians right and and i wouldn't say never but it would be on us to develop that it it would be it would be challenging to recreate what you can get in scotland in any major metro area in scotland with what you could get in albany new york let's let's put it that way i think in terms of interest but i think in north america it's only only the places with really tall buildings yeah well uh you got new york city I, i i would argue that albany has some of the most kind of Celtic, you know, there's a lot of Celtic arts in this area. I think it, it would not be impossible. Um, in fact, you know, I, I... I think the fact that we had a, a very good grade one band it, it indicates that it's possible. It's Yeah, and, and I mean, you know, so let's, you know, we really can't point to an example in North, in, in the U.S., not in North America, but in the U.S., where we've had we're seeing a, you know, kind of sustainable top level pipe band, right? I mean, we have what I see as kind of ebb and flow. We, we, you know, a band will, will, will improve to the point of, of making grade one and perhaps sustain there for a year or two. And then the next thing you know, they're back in grade two. And, I mean, what do and, or all, they're gone or they're gone completely. You and I have talked about this a whole bunch, but what do all sustainable top efforts have in common. Yeah. Development, right? Right. They all have developed. I mean, and when Oren Moore was on a roll doing well, it was because we had a very strong relationship with Scotia Glenville. Not to say all our players came from there. We still, you know, we still relied a lot on trying to get players from other bands. Yeah. In the drum corps and in the pipe corps, you know, it's still recruiting was a large part of it, but we had like, we had the ba- a base layer of players coming up from, from the development program. And then, yep. you know, uh, Dunedin is having a lot of success right now. They have a nice program in place that's happening. St. Thomas has a nice program in place that's happening. Obviously, SFU Pipe Band has a great program in place that's happening. And then, obviously, the biggest, most colossal example, which we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg of right now, is the result of... Um, piping and drumming and pipe bands being integrated into all the schools in Scotland. 
not yeah. all the schools, but so many, uh, it's about to become, you know, I'm enjoying my last few years in Inverary because, uh, quite literally the clock is ticking the, and, the, and the, normal. Recruitment, the recruitment wave is right. Blowing up. Yeah. Extremely talented, like ultra primed local people where they will no longer need to say, let's fly some folks in from the U S <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's really don't need you anymore. Right? I know. I just spend, I just spend like eight hours a day in front of the piano, like trying to think of catchy things. Maybe the maybe the band will keep me on. Some arrangement. Like, do some arrangement. Consulting, work. yeah, consulting composer or something. No, you're right. I so development, and and you know, I I look at um, but they're not they're not Scotia anymore. It's it's Capital District Youth Pipe Band, and like I I don't even you know I, I, again like why why haven't why haven't I sat down with Maureen? I, you know, I don't even know, like, where are their, where are their players going now, right? Like, they don't have an adult band. So, so you know, like, some sort of structure in this area would, would seem like a fantastic win for everyone. Um, and... I think, you know, people... It's like it's a hard thing to say, right? I mean, I think that the combination of Oren Moore splitting up and the long conflicts that ensued. Uh, and then on top of that, uh, Eric leaving the area. I, I don't think anybody really knows what the status of things is locally. Yeah. And like, and as far as Ma- Maureen goes, like, I think, I don't know. I think that, I, I, and I couldn't tell you, but uh, it would seem like they're just working on keeping things going. Yeah. And it might not be so much about where they're going to go next. As it is about just kind of maintaining. Yeah. But that, that points me to my, that points me to my next thought or, and, and I, we've talked about this before, of course, but you know, we spend so much time like concerned about who's, whether or not we're going to be able to beat so-and-so at Rockland this summer or whether or not we're going to have enough people to compete with our grade three band this year. We spend so much time thinking about that and, and I'm generalizing but we spend so little time thinking about like, how are we going to get 10 new bodies in the door this year and next year and the year after? And like, you know, where, where are people going to come from and what, what can we do to develop a program? Because that is the thing, right? Like that is what all the successful organizations have in common is that there is a program, there is a scheme to uh, ascend players into their organization. Yeah, it's not that. I, I don't think, uh, I, I would argue that you don't give thought to it. I, I would argue that, um, you know, from a priority standpoint, we struggle to, you know, we, we all kind of have, you know, piping for most of the people in our organization is, you know, a, a secondary thing, right, to jobs and families and kids and so committing the resources and the time and the goes um, back to critical mass dedication to, goes back to critical mass of people willing to that's right uh, run the program too that's right I mean w- w- you know even in a even a program as colossal as the SFU program and with the RMM program like um, you know they struggle to get the people in there to teach every week yeah like because it's a bit of a tough sell um, because it's a tough thing to give priority to. 
Yeah, even at that level, I would imagine, you know, asking, you know, typically for another night of the week, right? Come down and, and do two hours of lessons or whatever it might be. It, it is challenging, but um, without it, you know, I, I, it, to me, what's, what's positive about our situation is we're thinking about it and, and um, at least on paper, approaching, uh, you know, a method and a plan. Um, but again, it, it will be, you know, to me, um, it's great that, you know, I think the, the band, the grade three band this summer will, will be vastly improved, and that's great. Um, but again... As long know, as no drummers break their wrist or anything. Yeah, well, I, I mean, if we Stay lose safe. It, Stay safe, yeah. CRC. <laughs> it, um, but without, you know, without kind of an equal shift into development you know, two years from now or a year from now. It's tough for me. I just, yeah, I'd, we're going to be in the same boat. I'd like to do it, but I can't. Yeah. And it's the same for you. I mean, we have kids, we have young kids. Yeah, no, I, I, um, it's not an easy thing. And, you know, especially to do it kind of right and in a structured way and in a way that's, um, repeatable, Right. I mean, it's it's just a, it's a challenging thing. And so um, we've got to figure it out. But um, anyway, we know that that's a challenge. So the the pyramid from the ground up is really the the the, the summary of the conversation is that the pyramid from the ground up development up is really the way to success. Right not not the other way around and i think i think too many bands mm -hmm. are focused on kind of the highest level of their organization um and that's i think there are lots of them in the trouble i mean there are lots of problems that are related that all come together what do you think about the coffee fantastic it's a good drip the right is, yeah the mug is i don't know what mctalamore is but um the, the coffee is fantastic. Highly recommended for anyone in the area. Stop <laughs> Not by, too bitter, right? Stop by the dojo. and um, It's probably the best straight black coffee you've had. It's very good. It's very good. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I told you my death wish story, and then you spooked, and so you have spooked you, me. And so you've been off it? You well, took my word for it? So there's a place. I drop my kids off to school every morning, and, and driving home one day, I, I see this Eden Cafe which has apparently been there for some time, but is I've it never... Loudonville somewhere? It is. It is. It's right near Doraemon's restaurant. Um, oh yeah. And I, so I was like, I love Doraemon's. I zipped in there. I saw Death Wish, and I'm like, I was like Dunkin' Donuts every day. It's just, I, I think the day before I had, there was a bunch of grounds in the bottom of my Dunkin' Donuts, and I was just kind of soured on them. And I've so been soured on them for a long time. Went in and uh, Death Wish, and uh, I did it for like three days in a row, and then I told you mistakenly and you said you know be careful the caffeine content and that stuff is yeah. through the roof and <laughs> was was giving you like night sweats and and headaches N and, night sweats uh, and really bad to the point where i went to the doctor my headaches were so bad so um i didn't experience that after only I don't three know. days but um i don't know if it's because of the coffee but i i was drinking that coffee at that time yeah and i had headaches and i and now i'm not anymore does and someone I definitely around don't does it is it can you get it around here in this neighborhood? Uh, I I have a bag of the beans and oh, I, okay. I mix it up here. I got you. You know, I, I looked at the chart online and like their little marketing chart and like their pie charts and like 
you know, a Dunkin' Donuts is like one eighth of a pie. A Starbucks is like a quarter of a pie. And, and the death wish is like <laughs> seven eighths of a pie worth of caffeine. So um, clearly, if their marketing materials ring true, there's a lot more caffeine in there. So I'm sure it appeals to some people, but it's too much. Mm. It's too much. I think with me, like, Sometimes if I'm not careful, coffee consumption replaces water consumption too. Yeah, wow. So being dehydrated and, you know, you're, you're, what does caffeine do? Dilates all yeah, your blood vessels yeah. and constricts, raises your blood pressure, things that are generally not good for you. But I mean, how do you really get through a morning without it is, is my question back. So at this point it's become such a crutch that, um, it would be a struggle to go without. So yeah, Eden Cafe, if you're ever in the area. They, they make the death wish. <laughs> Fresh drip death wish. I wonder uh, if they have to water it down. And you know, it's cheaper than a Dunkin' Donuts too. I was like, you know, it's a local business. So I was feeling really good about it. I had a new spot and then I talked to you. And then I talked to you. I rained on your parade. And then I talked to you and... Uh, you don't have. You should get an AeroPress for your yeah, for your should, home because you work from home, right? I do. I have a Keurig. You're a big which, shot. Which is. Um, we should talk about this. <clears throat> I, I, I'm I'm happy to talk about anything. Can we talk it, about it, the except ex- for who my employer actually is? But um, okay, we won't talk about that. I respect that. So, um, but you work you work from home doing uh, tech related activities. Yeah, yeah. Let's I, let's leave it at that. Can you can we talk about the experience of purchasing? A posh vacation home. Because uh, a lot of us out there listening, we're humble bagpipers, Pat. Well, I, I, I mean, I'd rather not. Uh, <laughs> some purchases you make against your will, and, and um, it, it wasn't against my will. I'm really happy that you did. You know, I have it, booked my summer vacation. So real estate is not an unsound investment is what I tell myself. And, um, you know, it's a place to go and a place to take the kids. And, uh, so you, you, you've gone to that house for a while before, well, before, uh, uh, no, not this particular house, but this area, the area, yeah, yeah. the area where we bought the home. Um, we frequented for probably the last eight or nine summers. And so very familiar with the area and, uh, can we talk about can we talk about what the area is or not? No, yeah, yeah. I mean it's Rhode Island, Newport, Rhode Island. Newport it's area, yeah. Nice area. It could be good marketing for you, Pat. Yeah, I mean we're above. You know, I looked at the the. You know, if we get three feet of of ocean rays, we're good. If we get five feet, we're good. Anything over ten feet. Are you and, talking about global warming or bad yeah, weather? Yeah, just, you know, just in general. Basically, I, I I looked at it and I'm good until like 2100, so I'll be I mean, long gone by then. According to what I learned in eighth grade science class, that house should already be underwater. Right. So right. It's, well, it's, it's happening slower than you think. I don't know. I saw something about a, you know, a, a crater sized, you know, un, undiscovered pothole in, in, in the, in the Arctic cap that nobody realized was there. And if, oh, that, no. if that falls out then you know, it could raise things like a foot in the next 10 years. So I, I don't know. But I, that I, still I, gives you, I mean, if it averages a foot in 10 years, you're good. Yeah, I'm good. I, basically I'm good till 2100 at least. So, 
I mean, good investment. Yeah, for I mean, me, let your grandchildren. The house deal will with probably that. fall down before the ocean takes it down. Is is the reality? Okay, so, uh, that's an good. interesting consideration. <laughs> I, I wouldn't have considered that you had to consider stuff like that. Right, right. Well, I, I mean, certainly when you buy, I think in a uh, in a coastal area. You have to consider things that you don't necessarily have to consider when you buy in Albany, New York. So, Got it. Uh, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I remember things like storm surge and hurricane and typical disaster type things that uh, aren't in Albany are in in coastal Rhode Island. So. Got it. <laughs> wow. Um, you, know, you know, it's so, harder. It's harder to. It's it's harder to purchase a vacation house than I would have originally thought. It's it, you know it's uh, it's supposed know. to make isn't isn't that supposed to make you like relaxed and happy to have a vacation home? It is, yeah, and and you know, generally, um, generally that's the case. So I, I mean, I've only owned the home for six months, so we should talk more about this in like three or four years when I understand kind of that. Yeah. The overall total cost of ownership Got and it. upkeep and, you know, the first time the roof leaks or the hot water heater breaks. Uh, do you, you know. have a property manager? I do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's cool. You're required if you rent the property in, in Rhode Island to have someone that's that's in the state to service the property. So, um you know, oh, okay, uh, gotcha. How that makes enforceable sense. that is, I don't really know. In the state, like, man, that's tough for the Rhode Island. Yeah, I mean, you can get from one, you know, Rhode Island. You're Rhode never, Island's like you're the never size more of, than an hour from any other spot of Rhode Island, right? Right. So, um, I know a good, um, I know a good uh, garage door guy in Rhode Island. Yeah, do you? Yeah. I, I mean, there's a pipe band or two in Rhode Island, I think. Right. Yeah. Newport, I think there's there like Rhode an Island a- Highlanders. AOH band. Rhode Island Highlanders are up in Providence, I think, somewhere, or Cranston, somewhere. I, my geography's not good, I couldn't yeah. tell you. But I mean, uh, Rhode Island, you basically, it's like, you just say Rhode Island. and it, That's it what I mean, it's like, yeah. it's like a, it has to be within the state, that's kind of a yeah. tight-knit area yeah. for you to have to... Um, yeah. yeah, so that's been good, and uh, yeah, I, you know, it, it's interesting working at home, like, I... I um, we talk a lot about at band, like people's ability to play their bagpipes, right? Like just like try to play your bagpipes every day, right? Like that's been one of our, that's been one of our kind of, you know. Pat, I just don't have. Foot stomping. I just can't play my pipes at work, Pat. I know you have a, here's a, it's a tough setup. I don't see the space or, you know, you'd be bothering people all around you and other yeah. cubes. And my pipes are like, <clears throat> my pipes are like 12 feet away. Like they used to be 10 feet away. That was yeah. like, that was easier. Right. Like I only see like probably four sets of bagpipes sitting around here. So, um, yeah, I can imagine it's hard to play in this, in this space, but, um, other people in more traditional work environments, like most of the people in our band, um, don't have the benefit. And so like yeah. I go home and I just leave, you know, I, I won't say I have a similar setup to what you have here, but I have like a dedicated room at my house and uh, I just put my pipes on when I come home from band practice. I just put my pipes on the table next to my desk and, um, you know, between calls or between meetings, I play for 10 minutes, right? And yeah. it's it's just, it's extremely, it's a benefit that, um, you know, most people unfortunately don't have and... Uh, I can empathize with their struggles. You know, 
I, I talk to, to Dan Curry a lot, right? And he's just like, you know. I got to have him on the podcast. You do. You should have him next. Or we should have done like a. Gordy. I'm doing Gordy <laughs> next week. Oh, are you? Yeah. We should have done like a. Well, you know, individuals gives you a bit more material, but maybe sometime we do a, like a. Well, I have. Um, a collaborative. I'm trying to get more of those headsets. I think that headset is great. Yeah. I sounds, actually like how it sounds better than this mic. It sounds crystal clear. Uh, super crystal clear and like it's so you, I don't have to tell you where to sit or anything it yeah. just you just wear it I can tell but I've know. got see how many inputs I have I've got two more so right. you can have four people and you can have, you four can have up people. to four people yeah and and the and the all the quality all the audio would be on different channels yeah <clears throat> so that makes it better so so we can and should do that if we win the season this year if we win Altamont, we'll have a um, post Altamont, or maybe the classic. If we're going to do the, it's classic. going to be tough to win, man. It's going to be tough to win I with, our, with I, our drumming situation. I, th I think we're we're competitively um, at a disadvantage with some of the other drum corps in the Northeast. Maybe in grade three. Maybe. Yeah, I, you know, drumming kind of helps drive ensemble, and it's just it's all. Um, it's all related. Yeah, I mean, I, I I feel like you know just kind of raw numbers will not help us, right? And so maybe if I'm know. just really like uh, with the current project, I'm just really personally kind of enjoying like the group. It's a nice group of people, and like if if I was interested in like in uh, you know how do I put this if I was interested in like kind of going all in like the old days, you, I, I think I could do it. I think I could make a band that could win, but like I, we just finished talking about this. It's like, I'm so tired of all that. Like, you know what I mean? You, um, you know what I'm saying? Like we could find, we could fly in a drummer from oh, somewhere yeah. and then you're saying I could call in could, favors. I could call right. in favors. We're saying recruitment wise and stack. Could. I could try and stack the pipe core. Yeah. And, um, but like the other bands aren't doing that. Right. right? Like, right. like, I, I uh, mean, St. Column kill is, is stacked, but, but naturally stacked. Like they just have so many great players in there on their team. So they're going to have a great pipe core. And then Ulster has is, is done a nice, good old-fashioned job of putting together a pipe core. They have. And, they've um, always been, Ulster has always had a very competitive, strong organization, right? And they've got a great drum core as well. Um, and, like, that's, that's kind of what I want to – like, I would rather – I would rather, you know, let's say – let's not get crazy, but I'd rather take seconds and thirds – and do it with all local players who are actually kind of all on the same team. Maybe some of them aren't really ready for prime time yet, but I would rather do that than like call in a bunch of favors and have people driving from, a, you know, across the state just to try to win in a grade three event. Yeah, no, I, I don't disagree. And I, and I, I mean, it's been, you know, you're. Cause that's part that you're part of the problem when you do that. I agree. And, and it, it goes back to, so that's great for like this year, but. You know, next year, like somebody traveling in says, you know what, it's not really yeah. worth it. You know, it's a long drive. Um, and, and what have you really achieved by one season of yeah. winning a few Northeast exactly. 
competitions, right? I, so it doesn't do anyone any any good. It doesn't do you any good, and it doesn't do the scene any good either, because because now you know you've robbed all that time where where those people maybe could have been doing something a little bit more long term that has a little bit more staying power. Right. That's right. I, I mean, it's one thing if somebody, you know willingly seeks us out and is willing to perhaps commute an hour or two hours even to a to a band practice it's another thing to call in favors of players that you're aware of that are out there and you know ask them to do you a solid and and come play with a band that you've gotten involved with like like for example you know in trying to get the drum corps going at crc like there's a, there's one or two names how are we doing for time we're good. We're good. I, I've got, we got about another half hour. I've got like one or two names, let's say, from the New Jersey area, but I haven't asked them because, like that, though. If though, even if those players wanted to play in grade three, there's good options for them in that zone. Yeah, it's just not quite the right thing, and that's different from the old days. It's a, it's different from the old days where you know you need you know, and I, I think who did I talk to about this? I don't remember. Joe Brady, maybe, but it's like, if you're a grade, the, it's different in grade one too, because it's different in grade one also, because, uh, if you're not going to Scotland, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the best you, the best we could do was like, you know, driving eight hours to play in Ontario, Ontario. which is hard. Yeah. And, and even if you win in Ontario, you know, uh, which is really, really hard, um, it's not like, you know, what are you going to say? Like we were Georgetown champions and not even Ontario people say that. Maybe if you win Maxville. But my point is grade one bands go to the worlds. That's the way that it works. So if you, so once Oren Moore was in grade one, if we're not going to the worlds next year, then what are we even doing here? But then if you're short on players in any given year, <clears throat> you can't go to the world short on players. So what do you do? then you're between a rock and a hard place. So then you have to kind of, then you kind of have to reach out to some guy from somebody else's turf and really try and work them hard to get them to play. And then, but you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. and it's I, all, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, so like Dunedin's not doing the worlds this year, right? They're doing Maxville. I think Could I read, I, I don't know. I don't. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to kind of see how their strategy evolves it, it, you know, assuming they continue in, in grade one, which we have no reason to think they won't. Did, uh, did RSBBA upgrade them yet? Uh, that I don't, I don't know. So I, my, I, I to my knowledge, and I could, this could be outdated information, but to my knowledge, USPBA upgraded them, but the RSPBA did okay. not. Which would explain why they wouldn't go to Scotland. Um, so maybe so they're trying we're to. We're speculating, we're speculating, but you're, you're, th so you're right about grade one bands and I don't know how we even got on the topic, but, um, you know, I, I think it's really weird, by the way, organic growth is the best of all the bands that, I, you know, and I, I have nowhere near the, the level of experience. I, I've been playing a long time since I was eight years old and I've played with a lot of bands all in this area. I, I mean, I guess I don't know if Warren Moore was in this area when I played with them. Um, yeah, Oren Moore kind of migrated yeah, kind of migrated over east. the years. Um, but of all the bands that I've played with, those that are most rewarding are those that are are kind of organic in growth and people that you've not 
assembled for a year or two, right? But people that you've known and, and been with for, um, you know, some time. And so, well, you know, in I, the I old agree. days, In the old <laughs> days, Oren Moore's setup was really kind of interesting. You know, so in the, in the very early days, it was <clears throat> the Rome Frasers yeah. and Syracuse Scottish. And those two bands came together. And like, you know, the folklore is you know, neither side respected the other side's leadership, which is part of why they were two separate bands to begin with. But like neither side really loved either the other side's leadership. So they could never really get together and get to that next level without some sort of outside help. So that's where Donald Lindsay came in. Mm-hmm. He's, he's someone everybody could agree to follow. Um, and, and it really, it moved forward in with that structure for a number of years. And that's right. really kind of interesting. Uh, where I think each organization retained its lower level effort, maybe. Yeah, because I was in it. I was in Mohawk Valley's grade five at the time. Yeah. Uh, so I remember that. So each side had its own separate efforts, but, um, but then there was like a, a higher level competition band. And then Tara Hall came into the mix. Yeah, because of Donna Lindsay. Uh, yeah, so. but, but it was the same thing. It was the same concept. It was just kind of like another... It was like another branch where Tara Hall had its whole program that it was building. And then like the top players, like the Joe Lathams and yourself and Andrew Hayes comes to mind. Yep. Did you know Andrew? I think that was it. You must have known Andrew. Andrew was in Tara Hall. That's where Andrew started in Tara Hall. Well, and Dan Um, Curry. Dan Curry came out of the Tara Hall, didn't he? No, Dan was always down with with Columbia and District, but definitely kind of you know, was probably influenced by Donald as well in terms of recruitment yeah. um, for that band. So kind of like the Troy, Albany um, influence that Donald, Donald brought. And so, but yeah. But for, for a long time, uh, for, uh, but for a long time that I think quote unquote worked, although I wasn't really old enough to pick up on any of the nuances. You know, I, I think you're right looking at that. You know, it's been, it was a long time ago, um, but having... And I think, you know, in the, in, the, in, the, in the few years that I was there, I think I was there probably the last year in grade three and the first year in grade two. It was Norman, I think, who was, I, I don't know what band he came from, but it might have been both the drumming leadership and Donald on the piping side were kind of like independent outside voices that were just there to help collaborate and bring people together to do, you know, great to play better music than what their local um, yeah. organizations were offering. And, you know, you look back on that and like, again, it's really kind of a partnership between organizations that worked for a long time. And, um, you know, I haven't really seen that since, right? Um, maybe Donald was the key there, right? It just kind of a universally liked. I just don't know where the transition occurred, you know, where... I think that um, I think I think Jim Clough's decision to go back to the Rome Frasers was a was a big one. Yeah. Um, and I just think that he uh, I just I think and I don't I honestly don't remember. But I think that Jim was just he wanted to just uh, take a step back a little bit and just kind of enjoy it more. Yeah. Like uh, for a long time, Jim was like really the driving force of so many elements of the band, particularly like organization. Like I'm sure even Donald will admit like, 
that's not his strongest suit. So like for the longest time, Jim Clough was running like a grade two band on top of trying to run his whole home organization. I think eventually he was just kind of like, I got to take a step back and and just try to enjoy this more. But I think, I think that might've been a little bit destabilizing to the whole partnership as a whole. And maybe, and it's not to say things collapsed. I mean, the band got better and better and better. But I think that might have been the beginning of the end of like the uh, the Commonwealth of of bands that it did. And that you came look together. at that though, like historic. <clears throat> like look at the good. Like so, Mohawk Valley. Jim went back to Mohawk Valley, and they have you know they they were a very successful grade three band for many my years. Dad, my Ter- dad Tara went Hall back. Got to grade. I went back to Terra Hall, and we got to grade three. Mm-hmm. Eventually became CRC. Um, you know, so I think. Syracuse Scottish, I don't know if they ever made it to grade three. Definitely very competitive grade four, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I, I want to say they were in grade three for a few years as well. And so um, just kind of improved the overall competitive level of playing. Just never quite reached the tipping point, did it? Like any of these organizations, or and more included. It never quite re- reached the tipping point naturally, I would say. Yeah. Um, like, and then the, before as Oren Moore first came on the scene, that was during the height of the Schenectady pipe band dominance as well. Like they were such yeah. with Gore, I think Gordy, Gordy. was, yeah, Gordy was, the Gordy was leader. the man there for a while. And, um, and Scott, I think was doing the drumming and they were a big powerhouse for a long time as well. Am I wrong? No, you're, you're Gordy. Uh, you know, there was, there were several different, I, I, I know Gordy was pipe major for many years, yeah. including when they reached grade two, um, Drumming, I think, was a bit more fluid. I know Scott was there. Dave Hawkey was there for a while, leading the leading the core. But yeah, you know, and it's um, it's you know, kind of circling back to, you know, I look at I look at Schenectady and you know, like why is a young player wanting to do more competition? Schenectady was like probably a twenty minute drive from my house. Like, why was I driving to? Rome, New York, to pra- to practice with Oren Moore, right? And and the irony of Schenectady, you know, and and I don't know what it was like. Uh, you don't want to go to Schenectady. There, there, it's it's a different it's a different vibe there. And and I just like a lot of that turns out to be hogwash, right? Yeah. Because then you know, like fast forward five years, and and Gordy's no longer pipe made or Schenectady. Dave Hawkey's no longer drum sergeant. It's probably the usual stuff. It's the same stuff people said to people thinking about Oren Moore when I was pipe major. It's like, oh, that guy's a super intense yeah, jerk. It's just hogwash, and I, I think. And when it's we, just not true. I, I like, and that's definitely. And I'll, I'm going to talk to Gordy about this during our session. But like that propaganda was everywhere. Yeah. Oh, why would you want to go anywhere near Gordy? Right. Well, and the, those sorts of sorts of things, and I experienced this myself, you know, sh- there's like, there's tidbits of reality, I'm sure. Like, as a pipe major, I definitely got pissed off at times, right? But, uh, but, but then like the myth becomes like bigger and bigger and bigger to, you know, for people that have a chance to keep the talent away from them, you know? Yeah. And the reality is, you know, five years later, like four or five or six, kind of integral players from Schenectady are now playing with CRC and completely normal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like everybody gets along, like they're just like you and I, right? We all want to do good things and play good music. Yeah. And, um, 
you know. It's almost like it's almost like the current CRC project that we have is kind of like, how do I say this without like I don't mean it in a bad way, but we're just kind of like uh, like burned out or something. Like, yeah, there's a lot of people who have been like like just kind of uh, have become outcasts in one way or another, and now it's kind of like just a nice place to come and play some tunes. Yeah. Oh, do we? Does that? Does the room mic pick up that that background noise or not really? I, uh, the it probably won't. You probably we've won't got, hear. We've it. got a woman like clearly entertained by something in the next. next yeah, room, it's but, the pottery people. Um, you got to watch out for them. We we do. So we we have a lot of we have a lot of folks that have been playing a long time, but I mean I will say this. You know I think that having you leading on the piping side and having you know, your brother Alex coming in and helping with the drumming now, leading the drumming. It's, it's, it's instilled a sense of energy that hasn't, I mean, we have, you know, through good or bad, we've managed to keep CRC going for, I, I don't know, we, we're probably coming up on 20 years now, which is crazy to me to, to think awesome. about, but, um, there were a couple of years where the band didn't make we, it out. Yeah, we didn't make it out, but we, you know, a lot, a lot of times when a band doesn't make it out, the band never makes it out again. Right? Yeah. So to kind of come back and, you know, even just, you know, we, we've had some very lean years the last couple of years, which have been frustrating. Um, but, you know, I think if we can get over the, the, the point we're at now is an energized group of kind of existing players, if we can get if we can somehow morph that into a development program, we have a chance at, at success, you know, in a sustainable way. Um, you know, well, so we'll see, we'll see. I, I, you know, um, everybody thinks it's a great idea and, uh, nobody has time to actually yeah. put into it. Yeah. Myself I, included. Um, we need to hire a guy. Maybe that's the way, maybe that's the way forward. Maybe that's the way forward, or maybe the way forward is sitting down with the other bands in the area. I, I don't know. Um, there's probably pros and cons to both both directions. It's, uh, you know, but without it, we both know that, you know, Autumn's going to go to, Autumn's going to go off to college. It, it's going to be a kind of continual... Uh, no way she's not going to trust me she if she goes i mean it's gonna be she's going local she's going local well we'll see trust me i'm gonna talk her into going local (laughs) um but local's the way to go you you get the point you get the point and and so so yeah i'm gonna at least try and coerce them into going local it's it's a great thing um it was great I, i mean you know like Liza, when she, you know, when I heard she was going to be local, it's it's always nice to hear selfishly, but hopefully for them, it's it's where they want to be as well. So, Hope, well, I mean, I guess. What else we got? I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, you know, it's it's. You seem tired. Uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I, uh, normally on Fridays after lunch, I, I do something different. So this has been a good change. This has been a... Oh, has it? This has been an, uh, a... Well, it's it's been good. It's been good. I, 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 I won't get into what we what normally goes on Friday afternoons, but... 
Um, at any rate. Co- black coffee. Black coffee. Best black Lots coffee you've ever it. had. And, um, yeah. You're going to break out the solo pipe this year? Play some solos or what? Uh, I, I would like to do that. I have been playing a lot. And for me, a lot is like every day. Um, and it's, it's odd because it's not odd, but it's, it's, it's nice to like hear myself improving. Um, you know, I'm always April is going to be bagpipe pride month. Is it really? Yeah. Who, Who designated that? You? Me. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But playing a lot, I, I just hear like, you know, good things happening and, uh, you know, it's interesting. My, my, I, I wish as a younger person, I had been more driven to play solos and to advance more than I, than I did. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know why that was, I, I uh, <sighs> but I wish I had. And so I don't know. It's never too late. Right. Right. Maybe it's too late. What grade would you compete in? I would compete in grade two. That's I that's your grade. Yeah, yeah. Let me think about grade two for a minute. Do you play P Brock? No, no, I don't. So you have don't. to get on that. I would. Although I've seen players advance to grade one, I don't think I've ever seen anyone go open without P Brock. No, I don't think you can go to grade one without P Brock anymore. You can definitely get to grade two without P Brock. I, 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 I'm not I, even sure that's entirely maybe not anymore I think that's less and less <laughs> of a thing might be a thing but yeah so you gotta get some P-Brock yeah Dojo U P-Brock course yeah it's awesome a little plug like an intro to P-Brock it's a great course yeah could someone like myself literally sit at my computer and gain enough knowledge to play a competitive P-Brock in grade 2 yes 100% fully online yeah what you want to do is do the course and by the end of the course you've you've been you'll go through 12 tunes okay and you want to pick the you'll, you'll want to pick your favorite one yeah i think in, P, in grade two do you need two p rocks you might i believe so yeah so you might have to pick your favorite two and get them going and then you'll want to go to you know uh, me or donald or somebody for some finishing fine tuning yeah yeah i, I um I, you know, it, it might might be a good year to do that. We'll see. I, I every year I say I'm going to at least at like Altamont kind of kind of the larger events towards the end of the year, and then you know I never get it together. But Here, um, the thing the thing to do is uh, play the band material in grade two. Yeah, I've always thought of that as kind of like a nah. Listen, it's not a cop out because otherwise you're not doing it at all. Yeah. Whoops. I'm bad. I've been bad with the band material. You need two MSRs in grade. Yeah. But one of them is already in the bag with the band stuff. Like the March is great. The Strath Bay is like whatever. And the reel is obviously very good. Solo reel. Just want to put some of the doublings back in. Yeah. Uh, And then get your P Brocks going and then get another MSR going. Yeah. That's all you need though. Yeah. And then you're just, and then. Every day when you practice, you practice. Play it all. Yeah, or you know, or you practice on even numbered days. You practice your one MSR and like pieces of your one P Brock. Yeah. And yeah. then on odd numbered days, you do the other, and just make that your rotation. And you're playing every day. Your pipes are in good shape. Your technique is coming along. You're ready for band and for solos. Yeah. Yeah. And then on any given day, 
<laughs> you can do either or both. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not ruling it out. I'm not, um, you know, I'm, uh, my instrument, half of it just went to Scotland. So, so oh yeah. So, so Based around, yeah. that'll be a, that'll be a little challenging, but, um, you know, this backup set, I, I, I I'll, I'll play them for you Wednesday night and, um, get your opinion but i i'm very happy i mean they're they're like late 70s kintails nothing fancy but um you know it was kind of in the era when i forget who was making kintails at the time but um they sound nice they sound nice easy drones and um you know very serviceable for for the however long it's going to take yeah uh for martin to take a look at my base yeah martin if you're out there (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, I, sometimes he's been really fast with repairs. Yeah. We'll so, see. So he, he, we'll he, offered, he, he, offered no timeline and might email <laughs> correspondence. So, well, he also doesn't uh, know what's wrong yet. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. None of us do. So we'll doctor, see. how long, how long will it take to get better? Well, it depends if you have like a right. cold or yeah. if you have a cold because you, I mean, what would your theory be? I mean, there's no visible cracks. There's no visible no idea. Burr, you know, I couldn't see anything down the bores on visual inspection. And so kind of, it could just, be ever so slightly warped. It could, yeah. uh, it could just be that they, it could just be that they don't make them to the same specs anymore and they just have to, uh, change it. Yeah. You know, it'll be interesting to see what he finds. When were they made? 90, I think 91. Yeah. So, so that was 20 years ago. Yeah. So a lot's happened in 20 years. Indeed. Indeed. Mine are, what are mine? Mine are 2008. Okay. So. Newer. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe the dimensions have been tweaked or uh, like maybe what your experience is experiencing is what a lot of people are experiencing. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm hope, you know, they have not always, I've had those pipes now for 10 years and it has not always been such a problem. And so, but um, we're also playing like, uh, we're also playing at a different pitch now. We are. Yep. We are. The pitch has come up significantly in 10 years, but. And one of the things that happens to our pipes is they get so dried out in the winter and then and then so dried out and or yeah. so, so wet in the summer. Yep. So that fluctuation, who knows what it's done. Yeah. All right. We're wrapping up. Well, it's been real. I, uh, thanks for coming out. Gordy is next week. Oh yeah. That'll yeah. Be, he's coming on. Interesting. He's coming next week, but, uh, you're going to be released on Tuesday. Nice. I'm looking forward to hearing my, my voice. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, most people, not at all. Not most, at all. most people love the sound of their voice yeah. on a recording. Are you speaking personally? Uh, most people report that they don't like how they sound. <laughs> All right. But uh, anyway, thanks for doing hey, it. Thanks for having me. We'll have you back once we've won the year or uh, not. Yeah, Maybe we'll yeah. have a season debrief or a, something. A post Altamont uh, four person that would be pretty good. podcast would be Because cool. that will also be right after we go we can to your... Debate, we can debate results and... Uh, I'll be freshly back from your vacation about, house too. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You can give me a review of that. All right. All right.